Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. The first reading is from the 11th chapter of Jeremiah. It was the Lord who made it known to me, and I knew that you showed me their evil deeds. But I was like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter, and I did not know it was against me that they devised schemes, saying, let us destroy the tree with its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living so that his name will no longer be remembered. But you, O Lord of hosts, who judge righteously, who try the heart and the mind, let me see your retribution upon them, for to you I have committed my cause. The word of the Lord. The second reading is from the third chapter of James. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness, born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-ambition in your hearts, Do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are in war within you? You want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you asked wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The word of the Lord. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Jesus and the disciples went on and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples and saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what Jesus was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, when he was, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another, Who was the greatest? Jesus sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and Taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, who inspires us all. Amen. Several years ago, I was called to the hospital by a family whose father had been brought to the emergency room by ambulance. The man was in his mid-80s, and at least up to that point, he had been very healthy and active, but now he had collapsed in the front yard while cutting the grass. While I was at the hospital with the family, the doctor came in with a preliminary report on some tests they had run. And the report seemed to be quite grim news with lots of medical jargon and not a whole lot of answers. The doctor flip-flopped between the, describing the desperateness of the situation but also the possible uh, treatment options that might be available. It was, it was confusing at best. But when the doctor paused and asked if they had any questions, the family just sat there in stunned silence. Well, I wonder if they were maybe afraid to ask any clarifying questions because they didn't really want to hear a clear diagnosis. The future for their father looked uncertain and grim and perhaps living in the murkiness of unasked questions felt a little less scary right then. Well, I wonder if that's the same thing that was going on in our gospel lesson today. Jesus was saying some pretty grim and scary things to the disciples. He was talking about betrayal and about suffering and about dying and then rising from the dead. It was confusing at best. And when Jesus paused for questions, those disciples sat in stunned silence. The gospel writer tells us they didn't understand what Jesus was saying, but they were afraid to ask him any questions. Maybe they didn't really want to know a clear diagnosis for the future Jesus was talking about, and living in the murkiness of the unasked questions felt a little less scary. Maybe they hoped if they didn't ask Jesus any questions, all that he was talking about would just go away. Ignorance is bliss, right? Well, what the disciples did next reveals that they still had a lot to learn. In their fear... They start reacting to the situation. Jesus is talking about suffering and dying, and if Jesus was gone, well, then who would be in charge? And they perceive a potential vacuum in leadership, so those disciples begin to argue among themselves about who is the greatest. They begin posturing for power. Perhaps they begin making a case for who should be leader if Jesus was gone. It was not one of their best moments as disciples. But fear can do that to us. It can cause us to react in unhealthy ways. We might shut down and cover our ears when grim news is being shared. Certainly decisions that we make from a position of fear are often short-sighted and selfish. Fear may cause us to want to hoard our resources or lash out at others or position for power. If we let fear get the better of us, we may not see our best moments as disciples either.
Last week, I read a newspaper article that said that out of all of the major cities in the U.S., Cincinnati ranks second highest for children living in poverty. The only city that has more poor kids than us is Detroit. This is challenging and even scary news. And we may react like the disciples in our gospel lesson when we hear news like this. We may be afraid to ask any questions because we don't really want to hear a clear diagnosis of what this means. We don't want to think about what this is for the future of those kids or for our city. Maybe if we just sit in the murkiness of it and don't ask the hard questions, well, maybe this bad news will just go away. And for us, ignorance is bliss. Or maybe out of fear, we might want a position for power. We may want to hang on to what we have, and so we put the fault on those people. Well, if those parents would only get a job, or if those people were only better parents, well, then if they would only whatever, then their kids wouldn't go to bed hungry at night. If we let fear get the better of us, then we may not see our best moments as disciples. Enter Jesus. Jesus shows us that life in the kingdom of God is different than, than life in the world. I mean, we're always going to have some fear, but Jesus shows we don't have to let it dictate how we live. So Jesus gathers those scaredy-cat disciples around him, and he, he takes a little child, a little child who in that world would have represented the most vulnerable and the least valued member of society. He takes that child and he puts it in his lap and he says, whoever welcomes one such child as this, in my name welcomes me. Here's the thing, Jesus says, if you want a posture for power in the kingdom of God, you do so by being the last of all, not the first. And you do so by being a servant to everyone. You see, Jesus overturns the prevailing assumptions about power and security by inviting us to imagine that abundant life comes not through gathering power, but by displaying vulnerability. Not through achievements, but through serving. Not by collecting powerful friends, but by welcoming children. In the story I read about childhood poverty in Cincinnati, the writer was local. And in the article, he did an interesting twist. First, he, he lifted up that we all need to take some ownership in the problem of kids living in poverty. But he really began by making his own confession. He thought about his own life in the la over the last year, and he said over the last year he had not done anything to alleviate this problem in our city. He had not volunteered at a soup kitchen or at a homeless shelter. He had not gotten involved in tutoring at any school. He had not even given any monetary donations. And he decided that this is no longer acceptable. In other words, he decided that ignorance is no longer bliss. And that it is time to start asking the tough questions and to stop reacting by posturing for power. Now, I don't know if the guy who wrote this article will make any real change in how he responds to poverty or not. 
I mean, if he's a follower of Jesus, he has a model for how to do it, how to welcome the least and the lost among us. And he has an invitation to not let fear dictate how he lives his life. And we have the same model, and we have the same invitation from Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, I told a story about how Roger and Belinda Perna, who are members of Good Shepherd and others of you, mobilized this summer together and to help a woman who is in a wheelchair and was in a tough spot. With their labor of love, they were able to transform this, this woman's living situation by making some improvements to her home, and they just improved her life at the same time. So that got me thinking, what if each of us or each of our families, what if we all just mobilized and each just helped one child in poverty or one vulnerable adult or one neighbor in need? I mean, Jesus said, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. I mean, what if we all decided that ignorance is no longer bliss? And we started asking the tough questions. What if we decided to stop reacting by posturing for power? Well, maybe then we would see our best moments as disciples. You see, life with Jesus means that we don't have to cover our ears and hide from grim news. In fact, Jesus calls us to enter into the grim news places and bring good news. The good news about Jesus, the one who did suffer and die and on the third day rise again, the good news of Jesus who gave his life for the world, the whole world, including the grim news and the scary places, the good news that Jesus welcomes the least and the lost and the loveless, you see, I think the only real remedy for our fear is resurrection and the hope of resurrection. And that is what Jesus offers us. You see, really with Jesus, our diagnosis is really very good because the diagnosis for all of us is new life and salvation. And that is the good news we live in and that is the good news we are called to bring to a grim news world. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.